If the roar of the crowd gives you goosebumps, cashing a slip makes you grin, and above all, you love making your bookie cry, then you're in the right place. The number one spot for premier betting advice and wild opinions, shared with a fan base like no other. Welcome home. This is the Punch List MMA Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dale Lippin and Trey Van Buskirk. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? You are tuned into the newest edition of the Punchless MMA Podcast. Yes, that's right. We're doubling up on you. Two episodes, one week. Fight Island has got us working overtime. Dale Lippin in here with the flying Hawaiian himself, Trey Van Busker. Trey, what is going on, man? I feel like I saw you. I feel I feel naughty. I feel like we're doing something wrong right now. Right, right, right. You know, yeah. like... I mean, we've got picks. We got picks just out there. They're pending right now, waiting to get those juicy, juicy lines done and and booked. And here we are, already making plays on a card upcoming on Saturday. Yeah, it's weird. It all it, it has a very uh, counting your chickens before they hatch kind of feel to it, and making bets when other bets haven't played out yet. But realistically, we just want to give people as much time as we possibly can to get, uh, you know, be prepared for. Ultimately, what will be a Wednesday and then Saturday card? Yeah, you mentioned the you mentioned the word naughty, and uh, you know something that's not naughty, something that's always good. That's that stay classy meats life. Uh, no GMO, no antibiotics, no hormones. Straight to the gut, the way the good Lord intended. Best kept secret on earth. Go to stayclassymeats.com. Use promo code FIST. Save ten percent on your entire order. Trey, man, every time you bring up the you know, the stay classy. It makes me think of just fresh cut grass. It makes me think of fireworks, smell, smell of dogs on a grill on a, on a balmy, balmy August night. Hot dogs, Reminds, not, not, not golden retrievers. No, not golden retrievers. No, this is America. And speaking <laughs> of America, you might as well drape yourself in the most gorgeous outfit you can that represents all things you love about this country and mm-hmm. not even just this country but just wearing some fly shit mm-hmm. the only way you could do that is you need to go to allegianceclothing.com and type in the code punch you're going to get 20 percent off caps shorts shirts button downs whatever your heart desires to look fly on fight night or just in the middle of quarantine allegiance clothing has got your back literally and figuratively yeah, what's that? What's that promo code? That is punch, and it's going to get you twenty or sorry, fifteen percent site wide. Nice, outstanding. All right, let's keep let's let's get let's get into this card, man. Like I said, we're doubling up on the episodes, so we're not going to double up on the time. Uh, let's go right to the main card here. Uh, you know, this this card as a whole is headlined by the rematch between Davison Figueredo and Joseph Benavidez. Uh, we all know what happened last time. I believe that was in Virginia. With the weird headbutt, which stunned Benavidez, then he got pretty much clubbed to death right in front of everybody. Um, so we're going to try to see if we can't get a different result this time. But let's kick things off with a guy that we just talked about last episode. Uh, the guy who most recently beat Tim Elliott, Askar Askarov, taking on Alexander Pantoja. Uh, Pantoja at 22-4, Askarov at a perfect 11-0. and 0. I like Pantoja in this fight based off creativity and speed, Trey. What do you think here? I mean, he's an amazing grappler, uh, black belt jiu-jitsu. He's got eight submission wins. And, you know, the dude's got some heavy hands, you know, knocking out Matt Schnell, you know, and former title challenger Wilson Reyes. But 
I'm almost wondering, I want to pose this question to you. Do you think he's going to come in a little bit distracted? And I say that because he's on deck. If Figueroa drops out and gets COVID positive, he's on deck to take on Benavides. He could be. My my bigger reservation here is taking him because he's a Brazilian fighting in uh, fighting in Abu Dhabi. Outside of Amanda Hivas, Brazilians have not been that successful at Fight Island so far. Um, so that's my big reservation is taking him there. I don't know if it's something with the time change, the, the different types of heat. I don't know what the case may be. That's my biggest uh, concern is, is possibly, you know, having that be of some effect. I just don't necessarily know that this Asker Askarov has the speed capability to put up with uh, Pantoja. He's definitely gritty enough, uh, but, you know, a split draw against Brandon Moreno and a unanimous decision win against Tim Elliott didn't speak volumes to me. Doesn't, doesn't, you know, really paint some sort of picture that I think that he's going to go out there and have a masterful performance. I think Pantoja is too fast. He has too many weapons. I think he gets it done, man. I actually think for a flyweight fight, there's a good chance that this fight ends inside distance. Yeah. And Askarov, you've said this before in a couple of our episodes, but sometimes wrestlers like Askarov, they get one knockout and then they think that they're a striker. That's what Askarov is. He thinks he's an actual striker now. And I think he's going to get into these firefights and someone that's faster, quicker, and then actually could get this to the ground is going to pose a lot of threat. Yeah. The, the one thing you have to worry about him in this fight is his, is if he can make this a war of attrition. Uh, Pantoja is like a very small Yair Rodriguez, right? He's, he's flashy. He's a sports car. He'll go fast for a short period of time. Uh, he'll be real powerful. And then the drop off in performance is pretty significant. Askarov is a grinder. Uh, he's filled with grit and gravel and, and, you know, just wants to make this as ugly of a fight as possible. Pantoja can't let that happen. He either has to get him out of there or he's got to stick and move and not allow Askarov to grind him out. If we see Askarov be able to turn this thing around, um, you know, and really stay in Pantoja's face, it could go the other way. But I like Pantoja here. Uh, he's shown me enough that I feel confident in picking him. So I'll go ahead and put a play on Pantoja. Love it. All right. Keep things moving right along. Uh, we talked about the uh, Luana, Carolina, and Ariana Lipsky fight. Uh, Carolina at 6-1, and one, Lipsky at 12-5, and five, the queen of violence herself. Um, hasn't really shown us much since she's gotten the UFC, though, man. So I'm not really sure how I feel about her and how she matches up with Carolina. Uh, Carolina, you know, while she is technically undefeated in the UFC, she's only had one fight. And it's against Priscilla Koshera, who I'm convinced is not a UFC-level talent at any point in time, never has been. I don't think she will be either. Uh, I think she's more of a byproduct of a, of a shallow division. Uh, but that doesn't that win doesn't speak volumes to me. This fight really to, on as far as I'm looking at it, it's sitting pretty much a pick'em category here. What do you think? Yeah, I think uh, you know Lipsky. Her her biggest issue is anything on the ground. Um, where Carolina and you know for a figure of speech, she can pick up some ground. Is the groundwork if she can move in, shoot, and get this to the ground? We've seen Lipsky kind of you know have some issues with people like with Molly McCann. When someone that's in your face and is able to kind of secure a takedown and kind of lay heavy, Lipsky doesn't really have the answer to that solution or to that problem. So I think that it's going to get closer because there is a huge vulnerability there. But I do think that the technical striking falls on the side of Lipsky. 
Yeah, this fight is a great chance of going over under on rounds coming in at two and a half, probably over as a play if that's something you're interested in. There's nothing really here that's like baiting my hook that's really wanting me to bite. Uh, maybe an over two and a half if that's what it ends up being at. I'm not really sure. I personally am just going to avoid this fight, but I wouldn't doubt or fault anybody for either going Carolina at even money or over two and a half, but not something I'm, I'm very interested in. No women's mma and over oh my gosh you would never i know right yeah <laughs> all right man keep things moving right along mark de casey taking on rafael fiziev fiziev at seven and one de casey at 14 and three mark de casey is as flashy as they come man uh and he's gonna have his hands full i think on saturday night with fiziev de casey minus 160 fiziev at a plus 130 but i think that this fight's a lot closer than that um, but I still like the Casey to go ahead and get the win uh, over a very game Rafael Fizio. Yeah, Fizio, the dude's an aggro striker. I mean, this guy can throw for the fences, a little bit unorthodox with his combinations. Um, when he does that, though, he leaves himself wide open. I mm -hmm. mean, those over overhand rights, you know, the swooping lefts, he's wide open and for a flashy striker and to Casey. That's that's going to be a big issue, and I think that this is a this is a high mismatch for sure. Yeah, I mean, if you're looking at who Dick Casey has lost to, you know, his three losses, you're looking at Nazrat Hackparast, right? Which we've seen no no shame there. Lost to Dan Hooker, obviously one of the best 155ers on the planet, and he's lost to Drakkar Close, who's a grinder wrestler. Those are your three losses. That's not bad. That's not bad as far if you're going to lose the three guys, you could think of three different guys to lose to. Uh, put on a masterful performance against Lando Venata his last time out in a fight I actually took Venata in um, prior to that. Unanimous decision over Joe Duffy. And then a win over Timo Pakalin, which again is another great knockout on his record. Uh, I like the Casey here. He just has to stay composed. Can't get caught with anything crazy or unorthodox. And he needs to stay in his lane and do what got him to the big show outstanding Muay Thai kickboxing, creative striking, and just flow. Enter the flow state, win the fight. Exactly. He's the rangier fighter. He should keep it from distance. He's got a plethora of now UFC experience. Utilize that fight IQ, get in and get out. Yeah, minus 162. I still, I, I think that's a great line to, to turn profit on as well. Absolutely great line to turn profit on. All right, man. Co-main event of the evening. This, in my opinion... Um, I know that the flyweight belt's on the line, so that's why it doesn't take that spot. But uh, I don't understand how you justify Wednesday's card with a Tim Elliott, Ryan Benoit co-main event. However, for this fight on or for this card on Saturday night, you give us Kelvin Gastelum versus Jack Hermanson. Um, this is a great fight, man. Kelvin Gastelum at sixteen to five, Jack Hermanson at twenty and five, wrestler versus striker. Uh, even though people you know say that Kelvin's got a pretty good ground game as well. Uh, it's not the kind of ground and pound that we see from Jack Hermanson. I've been super impressed with Jack Hermanson. He won every fight he was supposed to and lost every fight that I thought he was going to lose. And I feel like he's going to win this fight. I think he is going to take it to Kelvin Gastelum, man. Yeah, I was wondering where Gastelum went. And then I remembered, oh, yeah, he was suspended after the Till fight for Pop and for, for THC, which is absolutely absurd. That's, which is absurd. Got a, what, a nine-month suspension, brought that down to five, and here we are against Jack Hermanson. I think um, a huge issue for, for Kelvin in this fight is how much bigger and how much more range Jack has. Jack utilizes that. He's smart. He knows he's the rangier fighter. He knows he plays from distance. And Kelvin, 
he only works from inside the pocket. That's what he has to do. He has to be a bruiser. He's got to bring it up against the cage, uses clinch, clinch work. I think Jack's going to be a lot smarter. He's going to use that monstrous reach of 77 and a half. He's, he's dealing with a guy that's 5'9", only has 71-inch reach. He's going to utilize that size advantage to his best, best degree. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think you're spot on with that. The one thing that I would caution people with is Jack Hermanson has a tendency to try to fight another person's fight for a while. Yeah. Um, it takes him a while to realize that he's essentially pissing around and needs to get back to what wins fights and cashes paychecks. Uh, you cannot afford to make many mistakes when you fight Kelvin Gastelum. He is deceptively fast and deceptively powerful. He will sleep you if you're not careful. Uh, there's a reason why he's a favorite in this fight. He's sitting at a minus 120. Jack Hermanson's at a, at a minus 110. Jack Hermanson needs to close the distance. Uh, he needs to push Kelvin up against the cage, drag him down, and wear Kelvin out. The more you can slow Kelvin down, the more his output obviously drops. And if you can drop the output, you have a great chance of winning this fight. Uh, Jack Hermanson has shown himself to be a cardio king in the past. Let's take Jack Hermanson minus 110 here, just on a flyer. Yeah, I love it. I think he's learned from his mistakes. Jared Cannonier, clearly to your point, he went in reckless to that, got knocked the fuck out. You know, he's learned from his mistakes. He's not going to do it again. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the main event of the evening. Flyweight title on the line. Uh, you know, Figueredo, like you said, had that false positive for COVID. Uh, we're back. Joseph Benavidez, 28 and 6, Team Alpha Male's own, and Davis, Davis and Figueredo, 18 and 1. Uh, we've already alluded to what happened last time that they fought. Figueredo sitting at a minus 220 right now as a favorite tray. I think the odds makers have this one right. Uh, yeah, they do, but you would hope that Benavidez comes in and looks at the tape from before and understands that, hey, don't strike with Figueredo. Utilize your wrestling, man. Try and do whatever you can to get this thing to the ground. You can't be doing what you normally do, which is sitting in the pocket, laying down on your leg, and just throwing these heavy hands and hoping that something's going to connect. That's not going to happen. Granted, like you said, head bump, that could have alluded to why the knockout came right thereafter. But no, you got to play to your strengths. Don't play his game. Play your own game. And I think he could actually get out and squeak out a decision here. But do I think that you know, we've seen him learn from his past mistakes. No. Uh, but I do want to pose a question to you. Joseph Benavides has never lost back-to-back -back fights. Right. So how much does that actually play into it? I mean, I think maybe it does. I think mean, it can play into it some. Um, you know, I there's this weird idea of almost wanting something too much, right? And and people get caught getting caught up in this idea of destiny, right? Um, where you want something so bad and you feel like it's destined to happen that you, you know, you just forget that there's actual, actually some work involved in getting there. And if you, I think we were even guilty of this too, heading into the first fight with Figueredo is like, it's finally Joey B's time, right? It's finally time for him to be the champ. Everybody was congratulating, uh, uh, what's her face? Um, why can't I not think of her name? Who's his wife? Oh, Megan Olivia, dude. Megan Olivia. I was thinking Olivia Munn. Why was I getting stuck on that? Well, that was weird. Megan Olivia. Everybody's congratulating Megan Olivia, congratulating Joe ahead of time. He's talking about, you know, finally he's felt like he, he's going about to get his just due. He's been the best flyweight in the world for years, blah, 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 blah. And he goes out there and he gets slept. <laughs> now, I'm not saying that he deserved humble pie like that, but it was pretty much horrifying for the MMA community because everybody thought – 
like this was the guy, right? They thought that this was this sort of kismet thing that was supposed to happen, and it didn't. It did not happen. Um, so I'm not bought into the idea of Joseph Benavidez just going out there and being able to execute and do it. I don't know. Maybe he wants it too bad. Maybe it's just not in the cards for him. I think, you know, he's he's very fortunate um, with the circumstances that lie outside the cage. And by that, I mean, you know, Figueredo had tested positive for COVID. We don't know what the virus had done to his his system within itself. He's had a tough weight cut. He couldn't make the weight the first time. If Benavides comes in there, utilizes his wrestling, grinds him out with COVID, a hard weight cut, there's an opportunity for him to gas him, especially in a five-fight round. I'm really curious what happens after round three. If nothing sporadic or weird, like a headbutt or anything like that happens in the first three rounds, I keep talking, and I feel like I'm trying to sway everyone to this Benavides train, but, you know... At distance, he's not so the, – the lines are going to get way closer if people start to look at it at that way. Yeah, yeah you're absolutely right. And, it, you know, there there is value to be had in Joseph Benavidez in this fight. Um, it just – my gut instinct tells me that Figueredo is going to win, right? Um, now, that being said, I may make a play um, as a hedge on – on Joseph Benavidez, depending on how my night's unfolding, depending on how tomorrow night goes, that may be something I'm interested in doing. If Figueredo misses weight, I'm absolutely not going to touch this fight. I'm not going to touch it. I'm, it, and I guess we, I didn't really clear this with you. Me personally, I'm advocating for people to wait till weigh-ins to decide who they want to play on here. Um, I know we had initially talked about a Figueredo play, but you, you bring up a great point, man. I want to see him make weight first. I don't want to. I don't want to bet on him now and have him miss weight. Well, I want to see him make weight, and I think we saw that. You know, Figueredo, his significant strikes made significant damage. Benavides, though, was out striking him forty-five yeah. to twelve before that went down. So isn't yeah. that crazy to think? For I'm sorry, forty-five to twenty-five significant strikes. So while you know the damage wasn't there, the output was there. He was doing the right things, but clearly Figueredo holds some power in those fists. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So let's 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 pencil. Let's just put a little pencil play on Figueredo and then we'll wait and see what weigh ins look like. Yeah, I like it. Okay. Um, one more thing as far as housekeeping goes. Let's let's uh let's pay a bill and then let's uh both beer money winners have claimed their prize. Yeah. So uh but before we do that, pay some bills here. Let's get us let's get a manscape in. Yeah, so before when I was talking about baseball, all I could think about was actually baseballs. I was thinking about <laughs> two balls. And, um, you know, the, the balls that matter the most are the ones that are below your guys' waist. And True. you want them as smooth as baseballs. Um, you know, it sounds like baseball's actually coming back. So I don't wild. know if that makes any difference. But, you know, you want to sit on your couch. You want that nice breeze coming up your shorts. And the only way you can do that is by utilizing the lawnmower 3.0. Guys, this thing has an unbelievable blade, so you're not going to nick your sack. You're not going to get in any trouble whatsoever. Like Dale said, he was Microsoft Paint down there, just going and looked gorgeous afterwards, or so he has told me. No, no, it's okay. You can tell people how good it looked. It's all right. Yeah, well, the amount of photos. <laughs> um, guys, if you want to look as good as Dale's undercarriage, utilize the code PUNCH at manscaped.com. That's going to get you 20% off and free shipping. Again, that's PUNCH at manscaped.com. Absolutely. 
All right, so we had our uh, we had our Wednesday Wednesday night fight night beer winner claim his money, and we had the previous night. He got in on a technicality. I'm just going to call it a technicality because we recorded a day early. Mm. Technically, he fell in within the guidelines, right? Because we said we have to wait until the next time we record, and then if yeah. you don't get it by then, well, what did we do? We dropped a surprise episode on everybody because we both sort of did not take into account with the last episode that there was going to be a Wednesday card coming in. So we recorded a day early. My man, Corey, brought that to our attention. He claimed his beer money. Uh, and as of right now, him and XX, the XX bled XX are both sitting with a nice little, uh, nice little dollop of beer money in their pocket. So uh, next week, next event, uh, we'll be doing another beer money giveaway. You have between now and next Tuesday to leave a five-star review on iTunes. Even if you don't write anything out and you rate us someplace else, shoot us a DM at punchlistmma or chat at punchlistmma.com. Let us know that you did so and left a review wherever that applies to be entered to win beer money for the next event. All right, guys, we have an intern, Trey. Yeah, I know. Look at us, big time. Big time. We have an intern now. Um, we will be debuting tomorrow on our IG, the Intern Insight. Um, we got ourselves a, a guy who is an absolute wizard with statistics, uh, so much so he's a statistics major at UNC Chapel Hill, UNC Chapel Hill, uh, shout out to, shout out to Zane, our intern, and he's going to be providing us some intern insight that will be made available tomorrow via IG post. What do you think? I love it. I love it. I actually, why don't you give the listeners a little bit of insight as to what he called out in his statistics on the last card in regards to clinch with Usman? Yeah. So what we were, I'm going to butcher the actual stat itself, but it was something to the gist of this, where he hit us up, and you know, it was basically while we were formulating this idea of how he was going to contribute to the program, and he had said that you know one area where I think that people are not taking things into account is the clinch. Um, where Masvidal spends X amount of time in the clinch, Usman spends another X amount of time in the clinch, and then the striking differential within the clinch favored um, favored Usman quite a bit. And then what we saw was, you know, essentially a clinch fight where Usman dominated in the clinch. He called it, you know, from the position, what was going to happen. Absolutely stellar work by him. Oh, yeah, and... I'm not going to make it sound like we're professional in the sense that I think we were all a little bit jaded for that fight. I think we all thought that maybe striking was going to happen from distance. Usman versus Covington was standing the whole time in the center of the octagon. Jorge Masvidal, what he did to Darren Till, what he did to Ben Askren, everything seemed like it was somewhat from distance or had from significant strikes. Nothing in the clinch work. So for him to kind of throw in that tidbit, while we knew that both of them had capabilities in wrestling— that was an amazing piece, and that could totally – these type of facts can can sway our thoughts, whether it's an over or inside the distance or goes the distance. Zane's going to be a legend for us coming up here. Yep, yep, and get, get ready for that tomorrow. Um, and then, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I really expected Usman to sort of ragdoll the whole situation like a Khabib fight, just continually taking him down, tying his legs up, not letting him get up. Uh, but the clinch was the difference maker. So shout out, shout out to Zane, the intern. Um, and yeah, that's about it. All right, let's put a bow on this thing, man. Sounds good, man. All right. Um, big big night of fights tomorrow and Saturday. We've doubled up on bets. They're all pending right now. It's 
It's going to be good. It's going to be good. Christmas in July start, yep. starts right now. All right, let's put, a, let's put a bow on this thing. Like I said, follow us on all social media channels. Shoot us an email if you like what we do. If you want to support the show, support our sponsor, Stay Classy Meats. Thanks to them. Thanks to AllegianceClothing.com. And thanks to Manscaped. Support the show by supporting the sponsors. That's the best way you can do it. Leave a review on iTunes or wherever you can. Uh, and we appreciate everybody's support. And don't forget to follow us on all social media channels at PunchListMMA. Appreciate you guys. Take care of each other. Adios.